0: Hey Casey. Hi Aaron. How's it going? It's going good.
1: I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. We've been we've been working on this project for about six months. So it's really nice to be here to do our final episode of the series. For sure. So um what have we covered so far?
1: So our first three episodes, the full series has been about the Skylers and the Tenbrooks. And our first episode was about how the Skylers and the Tenbrooks reacted to the death of Alexander Hamilton, who was a friend to both of them. And then the second episode, we sort of pulled back and we took a look at their lifelong friendship between Philip Schuyler and Abraham Tenbrook. Our third episode sort of zoomed in and focused on the Battle of Saratoga, which was very important to the history of Albany. And now we're getting ready for our fourth episode, which we hope will sort of put a nice little bookend to the whole thing.
0: Who can we meet in this next episode? Sure.
1: So the title of this episode is The Next Generation. So we're going to be looking at some of the children of Abraham Tenbrook and Philip Schuyler. So from the Tenbrook side, we have Elizabeth Tenbrook, who was Abraham Tenbrook's oldest daughter, and we have Dirk Tenbrook who was Abraham's oldest son, who you might remember from episode one, who was a clerk for Alexander Hamilton.
0: Oh yes, I do remember him.
1: Yeah, and also from the Tenbrook household we've actually discovered a great deal about uh, one of the enslaved people that lived and worked for the Tenbrook family and that is a woman named Susanna. She was the daughter of a Tenbrook slave named Britt who also meet, so we've discovered some new stuff about her, we've discovered some new stuff about Elizabeth and Dirk, and we also get to meet probably my favorite character in this whole saga, and that is Rensselaer Schuyler, the youngest son of Philip Schuyler, and he actually marries Elizabeth Tenbrook, so he joins the two families in marriage, but things don't work out perfectly for them, so we'll find out about that.
0: Okay, well let's let's get to it. I'm excited. Alright. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Last episode. And, and
2: go. go
1: Tales of Old Albany. Series one, The Skylers and the Tendrucks. Episode four, The Next Generation.
0: Welcome to the final episode in our kickoff series, The Skylers and the Tenbrooks. Before we bid the families farewell, we're going to turn our attention to three of the people you've met in past episodes. Susanna Willinger-Roseboom, Elizabeth Tenbrook, and Rensselaer Schuyler. Susanna is the eldest surviving child, who we know of, of Britt and Will, who were enslaved by the Tenbrooks and Skylers, respectively. Elizabeth is the eldest surviving daughter of Abraham and Elizabeth Tenbrook, and Rensselaer is the youngest surviving son of Philip and Catherine Schuyler.
1: Susanna and Elizabeth grew up in the same household. One of them enslaved, the other free. Rensselaer and Elizabeth grew up in the same social circle and were eventually joined in marriage. In the case of each individual, there are gaps in their histories. We're going to explore what we know and what we don't in this episode of Tales of Old Albany. Within 10 months, three new babies were born in the Schuyler and Tenbrook households.
0: The first child was named Susanna. Susanna was born to Britt and Will probably in late February or early March of 1772 at the Tenbrooks home in Albany. Britt was enslaved by Abraham and Elizabeth Tenbrook, while Will was enslaved by a man referred to as P. Schuyler. While there were multiple P. Schuylers in Albany at this time, All evidence points to this particular P. Schuyler being Major General Philip Schuyler. Because her mother was enslaved by the Tenbrooks, Susanna was enslaved by the family as well. Eventually, Susanna would have one more sibling named Harry.
1: While Susanna's exact birth date is unknown, on March 4, 1772, Susanna was baptized at the Dutch Church in Albany.
3: I baptize thee in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
0: Five months later, and in the same household, Elizabeth Tenbrook was born to Elizabeth and Abraham Tenbrook on August 23, 1772. Her older brother, Dirk, was six years old at the time.
4: We must name her for you, my dear Elizabeth, and for our darling Elizabeth, who the Lord returned to heaven years ago. A most
2: fitting name, my love.
4: Five months
1: after Elizabeth's birth and only about a mile or so away, Rensselaer Schuyler was born to Catherine and Philip Schuyler on January 29, 1773 at the Schuyler Mansion. He was born into an already large family. His oldest siblings, Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy, were teenagers. His brothers, Johnny and Philip Jeremiah, were six and four when Rensselaer was born.
0: Susanna, Elizabeth, and Rensselaer were born just before the Revolutionary War broke out in 1775. Toddlers, when the war began, they would be 11 and 10 years old when the Treaty of Paris ended the war in September of 1783 their entire early childhoods were consumed by war. While the war never reached Albany, it came close with the Battles of Saratoga in the autumn of 1777. While the children would have been four to five years old, they would have registered the fear their parents displayed.
2: Oh, Catherine, I fear for my Abraham. Yesterday evening he departed for
5: Saratoga with his men. I pray for his safe return, my dear cousin. He is a wise man. I am certain he will take care to preserve his life. Brit, please bring out the pastries.
2: That he is. But the thought of being left without him, my
5: heart cannot bear it.
6: Here you are, ma'am.
5: It will not happen. Your Abraham will return
6: to you.
2: I pray you are right.
6: If the British reach Albany, everything will change. My family can find freedom from slavery with the British. Susanna and Harry can grow up differently from myself and Will.
0: The Americans won at Saratoga and Abraham safely returned home. Brit, her children, and husband remained enslaved.
1: Out of Susanna, Elizabeth, and Rensselaer, the most is known of Rensselaer's education. As a young boy, he attended the Academy at Albany, where he would have expanded upon his knowledge of basic reading, writing, and arithmetic. Today, we will begin lessons in the Latin language. I trust you have all acquired Mr. Mayer's text and introduction to Latin syntax? Eventually, Rensselaer would go to New York City or Boston to further his education, but he never attended college.
0: Virtually nothing is known of Susanna or Elizabeth's education. If Susanna learned to read or write, it was likely a parent, probably her mother, who taught her. It is unknown if Susanna was literate.
1: Elizabeth may have attended the academy at Albany like Rensselaer, or her mother or private tutors may have instructed her until she was sent to New York City for further tutoring. Which subject she was instructed in is unknown, but she was literate in English.
0: Both Susanna and Elizabeth would have been trained by their mothers. Although they grew up in the same household, the lessons their mothers imparted were worlds apart. You
6: need to pay attention to the heat of the fire, Susanna. If it burns too hot, the food's ruined. Now that the stew's cooking, let's work on making candles again. Fetch the tallow. Elizabeth, your posture
2: is lacking. Without good posture, your playing will suffer.
0: Now, start again from the beginning of the song. Something the two girls had in common was marriage. In the 1790s, both Susanna and Elizabeth married.
7: Salutations of the season, dear Betsy. I am most pleased that you and your family could attend our twelfth night gathering.
8: I wouldn't miss it for the world. We've been coming for as long as I can recall.
7: But this year is different from those past.
8: Oh, is it now? And how would that be?
7: Your mother and father have consented to our marriage. Isn't that the grandest news?
8: (laughs) I do not know why you're surprised, my dear. Your father and mine have been friends since boyhood. They're just as eager for us to wed as we are. It's a good union for both our families.
7: I feared my troubles at the card table would persuade your father to reconsider.
8: My father is of the belief that you fell to a vice, as young men are at times ought to do. I have promised him you have put your indiscreet days behind you. Am I right to make such a promise, my dear?
7: You are, my Betsy. I forever fold my hand to you.
1: (laughs) As a young man, Rensselaer struggled with his finances. While it's unclear when Rensselaer began gambling in earnest, it appears to be a problem that developed in his early 20s. Rensselaer
0: and Elizabeth were joined in matrimony at a church in Philadelphia in February of 1793. Eliza Schuyler and her husband, Alexander Hamilton, were living in Philadelphia at the time. It's unknown if they attended the wedding or any celebration afterward, but because they were in the same city, it's very likely they did.
4: I would like to make a toast to my dear brother-in-law, Rensselaer Schuyler, and his beautiful bride, Elizabeth. Many blessings to you on this most... Joyous day. <laughs> May this union between the Tenbrooks and the Skylers be a happy one.
8: I am most happy for you, dear brother, and am most pleased to gain you as a sister, Elizabeth.
7: Thank you, Eliza. I'm pleased you and Alexander could celebrate with us today.
8: I would not miss such a momentous occasion in my younger brother's life. I'm still in disbelief that you are old enough to marry.
7: Believe it, sister. Elizabeth and I hope to soon have a family.
8: There is nothing that would make me happier than to raise children in our own home. You are working to acquire a property in Easton, right, darling?
7: Yes. Hopefully we can settle there soon.
8: You will love raising little ones, Elizabeth. It's been the greatest joy of my life. I cannot wait.
0: The following year, on October 21st, 1794, Elizabeth gave birth to a son named Philip Rensselaer Schuyler in Manhattan.
1: They baptized him in Trinity Church in Manhattan on February 1st, 1795. I baptize
3: thee in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
0: Sadly, Philip Rensler did not survive infancy. When exactly he died is unknown.
5: My baby! My baby! My heart!
7: The Lord has called him home, my love. We must take comfort that he is in a better realm.
1: Five years after Elizabeth Tenbrook married Rensselaer Schuyler, Susanna, too, wed. How she met her husband, Thomas Willinger, is a mystery. Maybe they met during a trip she took to the market while purchasing goods for the Tenbrooks.
9: Sir, I need five peaches and two heads of cabbage.
10: Excuse me, miss, but you look rather burdened by your goods. Uh, May I carry some of them for you?
9: I am capable of carrying them myself, sir.
10: I do not doubt your capability. Rather, I worry for your comfort.
9: My comfort?
10: Yes, miss.
9: And who are you to worry about my comfort?
10: The name's Thomas Willinger.
9: Good day, Mr. Willinger.
10: And your name, miss? Susanna. It is a true pleasure to meet you, Susanna.
1: Or maybe they met after liturgy at the Dutch church.
9: Susanna, help me to my feet. Of course, Mama.
10: Excuse me, Miss.
9: Yes, sir?
10: My name is Thomas. I'm new to Albany. I've noticed you and your mother at this church for quite a while, and, and I've always wanted the pleasure of making your acquaintance.
9: I'm Susanna. And this is my mama, Britt.
10: It is a greatest of pleasures to meet you, Miss Susanna and Miss Britt. May I have the favor of walking you both home? It would do me good to see more of the city by someone who knows it better than I.
9: I...
6: Susanna, I'm feeling rather weakened today. An extra arm would be helpful.
0: (laughs) Yes, sir. You may accompany us. However, they met. They were wed in the Dutch Reformed Church at Albany on April 18, 1797.
3: Do you acknowledge here before God and His Holy Church? that you have taken, and do take to your lawful wife here present, promising her never to forsake her, to love her faithfully, to maintain her, as a faithful and pious husband is bound to do to his lawful wife, that you will live homily with her, keeping faith and truth to her in all things according to the Holy Gospel? Yes. Do you acknowledge here before God and His Holy Church That you have taken, and do take to your lawful husband here present, promising to be obedient to him, to serve and assist him, never to forsake him, to live homily with him, keeping faith and truth to him in all things, as a pious and faithful wife is bound to her lawful husband, according to the Holy Gospel? Yes. The Father of all mercies, who of his grace has called you to this holy state of marriage, bind you in true love and faithfulness, and grant you his blessing. Amen. Amen.
9: Amen. Amen.
1: Susanna and Thomas's married life was incredibly different from that of Elizabeth and Rensselaer's. While Rensselaer worked on acquiring a home he could live in with his new bride, Susanna and Thomas would not have been permitted to live together. Thomas was a free man whether he was black or white is unknown even if he purchased a home Susanna would never dwell in it with him as long as she was enslaved by the Tenbrooks on their estate she would be forced to remain she could only see her husband in whatever free time she was granted
0: sadly Susanna and Thomas Willinger's union was not to be a long one at some point between their marriage and 1802 Thomas Willinger died, leaving Susanna a widow before her 30th birthday. <laughs> oh. Susanna, what ever oh. the matter?
8: A friend of Thomas's just came
5: by. <laughs> Thomas is dead, Mama. Oh,
6: Susanna. <laughs>
0: Around this same time, Rensselaer and Elizabeth, newly settled on an estate in Easton, New York, were facing the first of many financial difficulties due to Rensselaer's failed business ventures and gambling.
8: How could you lose this much money, Rensselaer?
7: I had good deals lined up, Betsy, but they didn't... They didn't...
8: This amount of debt does not come from failed deals alone. Do not lie to me!
7: I know not what to say, my dear Betsy, except that I am extremely sorry. My father will help us. My creditors will likely appeal to him, anyhow.
8: What will I say to my father? You promised Rensler.
7: I will make this right, Elizabeth. I truly will.
1: Through failed business ventures and various forms of gambling, such as betting on card and backgammon games and possibly on horse racing, Rensselaer Schuyler was in over $20,000 of debt.
5: Rensselaer, my son, your father is most displeased with your actions of late. Good day to you too, Mother. You are in a very serious situation, Rensselaer. Make no jest of it. It will be fine, Mama. Worry not. It will only be fine because your father is paying your creditors. You are fortunate he is conducting business at Saratoga today. I know not what he'd do if he saw you. I wish not to see him any anytime soon. You will be seeing him soon. Once he returns from his business, he is headed to your estate in Easton. He will help you put your affairs in order. But, Mama... You dare not complain... You are fortunate he is willing to help you after all you have done.
1: Philip Schuyler traveled to Easton to help Rensselaer with his finances and farming. After spending a month with his son, Philip felt he'd gotten everything in sufficient order. Yet, just over a year later, Rensselaer was once again in debt. As Rensselaer and Elizabeth struggled with their finances, Susanna once again found love.
0: Susanna fell in love with a man named Peter Roseboom, who was enslaved by Eve Roseboom. Susanna and Peter would have been quite familiar with each other, as the Tenbrooks and Rosebooms lived in the same neighborhood before the Tenbrooks house burnt in 1797.
6: Good morning, Susanna. Lovely day today, isn't it?
9: Good day, Peter. Where are you going?
6: I'm going to the market for Mrs. Roseboom. She's out of peaches. You know how she gets when she's out of peaches.
9: I'm going the same way. I need to pick up thread and mutton. May I join you?
6: May you. This lovely day just became glorious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Susanna and Peter were married on August 14, 1802, at the Dutch Church in Albany. Ten months later, on June twelfth, eighteen 1803, the couple welcomed their first child, Dinah, sometimes called Diana, who was baptized at the Dutch Church not long after her birth. She has your eyes, Peter. I can
6: already tell she gets her smile from you.
0: Two years later, in 1805, they had another daughter, Susan.
6: She's nearly identical to you, Susanna. I must name her for you.
9: Susan, does fit her well. Peter, I really want her life to be different from ours. I want her to know freedom.
6: We can't lose hope. Remember, Mrs. Roseboom just this past year promised me freedom upon her death. Maybe the Tenbrooks will make a similar pledge to you.
9: I doubt that. So long as they're alive, I believe me and my daughters will be enslaved. Even when they die, the fate of myself and my daughters is in the hands of Dirk and Elizabeth. My worst fear is being sold away from you, or God forbid, our children being sold away.
0: I can think of no worse agony. And two years after that, in 1807, they had one more child. Can you hold her a moment, Peter? After
9: so long in labor, I I feel so weakened.
6: You rest, my love. Little Mary and I will fetch you some water and broth to give you back your strength. Call me your Mary.
1: Meanwhile, Rensselaer had fallen on some bad luck, likely from making some bad choices.
4: Elizabeth, why did we let our dear daughter marry that scoundrel?
2: Abraham, that is no way to talk of your son.
4: He is no son to me. He mismanages even the smallest things. I just received word that his horses drowned, carrying the paint and oil intended to paint their house. How does one's horses drown, Elizabeth? How can this man be so...
2: Now, now, Abraham, you best watch your words. Your daughter loves him and he makes her happy. Did you not read her latest letter to you? She said Rensselaer and some of their most trustworthy companions were off to appraise a property he intends to sell in hopes of settling his debts. He is trying, Abraham.
4: That is no longer enough. The man doesn't even have sense when it comes to finances, and it's making our daughter's life miserable. Do you not remember that letter from about a year ago in which she wrote of the hurt his actions were causing her? I believe I have it here on hand. I feel a little little
8: hurt when I reflect on the unlimited exertions of my husband and his steady perseverance. And yet he is still unfortunate. If his mind was not as steady and strong as a rock, he would stagger under the many difficulties he has met within his life. But thanks be to God we enjoy our health, and I trust we will soon enjoy a little rest and contentment, Let not your spirits be depressed on our account. There is property enough to satisfy all the demands against him. It is always darkest before the day breaks, and though heavings may endure, from the night cometh the morning.
4: She wrote this over a year ago, Elizabeth, and they are still struggling. I wish for nothing more than to aid her, but I know money given to that man is money wasted. That scoundrel is not getting a penny from my will. I am leaving everything to Elizabeth and Elizabeth alone.
2: Whatever you please, my dear. Now, best you inform General Schuyler of Rensselaer's loss.
4: Uh, I suppose I must. Gan, fetch my quill, ink, and a leaf of paper. I suppose I will write to Dirk as well. Maybe Rensselaer can borrow his boat for transport of the new paint so this catastrophe does not befall him again.
1: Abraham Tenbrook did indeed write Rensselaer out of his will.
4: In trust, nevertheless, for the use of my beloved daughter Elizabeth and her heirs in perpetuity, so, however, that the same estate, or any cash thereof, or income or profits thereof, shall not in any way be liable to any claims, debts, or engagements, the continual management or disposition of her husband, Rensselaer Schuyler.
0: In January, Abraham Tenbrook's health began to fail. His son, Dirk, was sent for from his home in New York City.
11: Gan! Gan, come help with the horse!
9: Sir, praise Providence that you have safely arrived.
11: Susanna, please. My father, is he...
9: I am so sorry, sir. But after asking the Lord to come to him, he passed without a groan yesterday evening.
11: I... I...
9: I am truly sorry, sir. He asked for you, but could wait no longer.
11: I find myself at a loss for words. Please forgive me.
9: Please, sir, come inside. I'll fetch you something warm. Your mother and sisters have been waiting for you. Though I fear they may be asleep at this hour.
11: How is my mother?
9: She bears the shock with common resignation, sir. I do believe your presence will strengthen her.
11: I won't disturb her from her sleep. But when she awakens, do tell her I'm in my father's study.
0: Yes, sir. Days later... Abraham Tenbrook was laid to rest in the Tenbrook family vault. His funeral attracted Albanians from all walks of life who wanted to pay their respects to one of the most prominent of Albany's citizens one last time. Dirk Tenbrook captured the scene that unfolded at the funeral in a letter to his wife, Cornelia.
11: My beloved wife, yesterday the last sad rites were celebrated and my father's corpse placed in the vault With all the possible solemnity, pomp, and affection. I never in Albany saw so great a concourse of people. The military honors were, in this part of the world, unparalleled. Four companies, the whole of the uniformed corps, attended with a band who played a most solemn dirge. Minute guns were fired by the artillery. The corporation, directors of the bank, elders, and deacons of his church, and other associations attended in form, and every person, I believe, able to walk in and about the city. The multitude was... incredible. The condolence and sympathy expressed by every class of citizens that I want words to express. Oh, my Cornelia, you are not a moment out of our thoughts and my mother's in particular. To his last breath, my dear father mentioned you with most affectionate remembrance. For your sake, he would not have me sent, for you are too tender, good, and affectionate to be left alone. My Cornelia, I am as well as I can desire. May the Lord bless, preserve, strengthen, comfort, and support you and my dear children, and restore me soon to you. Your husband, Dirk Tenbrug.
1: A few months after Abraham's death on April 13, 1810, Elizabeth manumitted or freed Susanna and her three young daughters. The terms of the manumission were exact and binding, though.
2: Susanna. The manumission papers are being signed today. You and your daughters are free to go, but you know my stipulations. You must faithfully and without fail return any time I call upon you. Every week you are to return here to do the washing and ironing, and each spring and fall you'll assist in whitewashing, cleaning the house, and providing assistance at killing time. Yes, ma'am. You and your girls are free to go. I'll see you back here in a week's time.
0: Susanna, Dinah, Susan, and Mary had freedom on paper, but the terms of their manumission would have made it incredibly difficult for Susanna to create a new and stable life for her family.
9: Peter! Peter, do you have a moment?
6: I need to deliver this letter for Mrs. Roseboom, so it must be quick. Are the girls well?
9: Yes, it's actually... Mrs. Tenbrook has manumitted us. She's spoken of it with me after her husband's death, but... I didn't expect it to happen so soon. I'm not at all prepared.
6: You're free! My children are free! Oh, Susanna!
9: But the terms, Peter... She can force me to labor for her whenever she needs. And she need not pay me for it. As it is, I must return once a week to do the laundry and the ironing. Now, the girls and I are without a place to sleep and food to eat. And I don't know how I'll have a job when I can be whisked away at a moment's notice.
6: I'll help you, Susanna. And I'll be free soon, too. Remember the terms of Mrs. Roseboom's manumission's papers? Upon her death, I'm free. She grows weaker each day. This letter is to her lawyer. She wants to finalize her will.
9: This freedom both Mrs. Tenbrook and Mrs. Roseboom speak of isn't really freedom. We're both still bound to them. I'm still forced to labor for no wages. It's not until their deaths that we'll be truly free.
0: On March 13, 1811, Peter Roseboom was officially manumitted upon Eve Roseboom's death. Two years later, when Elizabeth Tenbrook died in 1813, Susanna Roseboom was truly free. She no longer had to return at Elizabeth's every beck and call.
6: We're beginning a new life today, Susanna. A life as a family not bound to
9: anybody. The day has finally come. My mama dreamed of this day back during the Battles of Saratoga. She always said, if the British had won, our lives would be different. If only she could see us now.
0: Two years later, Susanna and Peter welcomed another child into the world. On May 31st, 1815, they had a daughter named Jane.
9: Oh, Peter. She'll never know slavery Our little Jane will never belong to anybody.
6: (laughs) This is
1: the most joyous of days. Meanwhile, Rensselaer and Elizabeth had moved to Stillwater, New York, where he purchased mills. But in 1817, his mills were destroyed by fire.
7: My poor fortune grows by the day, Elizabeth. I know not what to do.
8: You are blessed with a strong mind and resilient spirit, my love. We will persevere through this loss.
1: Rensselaer and Elizabeth also relied upon the labor of enslaved men, women, and children. He was attended by a man named Robert, and in 1795 had sold a man named Hans in Bath, New York. Rensselaer
0: Schuyler enslaved people until 1827, when manumission became law of the land in New York State. After that, there were free women and children working on Rensselaer and Elizabeth's estate.
1: Rensselaer made money off of his farmland and lands he'd inherited from his father that he collected rent on. He died in December of 1847 at the age of 74. Elizabeth died in April of 1848 at the age of 75.
0: Susanna's later life is a bit more of a mystery. In 1820, Susanna lived with two young women, likely her eldest two daughters, Dinah and Susan, in Albany. Where Peter and her youngest two children were is unknown. They may have died or may have been absent when the census was taken.
1: As of now, there is no information about the lives Susanna, Peter, and their four daughters led after 1820. We do know that Susanna was eventually able to live with her husband and children in freedom, but we don't know what that life looked like. There's no indication of the type of work either of them did or the schooling their daughters received. The record may be silent now, but there is always hope that we'll find more about them in the future.
0: hope you enjoyed this first series of tales of old albany the Skylers and Tenbrooks. check back in the future for our next series of tales of old albany thank you to all of the amazing and talented researchers behind people of colonial albany their website was invaluable in the writing of this series for a full list of sources consulted take a look in the show notes
1: The Tenbrook Mansion and Schuyler Mansion are both preserved historic sites open to the public for tours from May through October. Check their websites for more information about tours and events.
0: has been a production of the Creative License Theatre Collective in partnership with the Albany County Historical Association.
1: This episode was written by Jesse Cerfilippi and co-produced and co-narrated by me, Aaron Holder,
0: and me, Casey Polamain. To find out more about the ACHA at Tenbrook Mansion, visit www.tenbrookmansion.org. For a complete list of technical credits and info on our amazing cast of actors, information on past and upcoming productions, and more, visit Creative License at www.creativelicenseonline.com.